0: Blog talk Radio.
1: On our third episode of The Ivy, we'll be discussing our opinions and what we think is going on with the Ricketts' financial problems. Also, what did Chris Bryant say about St. Louis at the 34th Annual Cubs Convention? Also, beginning this week, we'll be starting a new segment called Inside the Numbers, where a different sabermetric is explained each week. We talk about it all on our third episode of The Ivy.
0: You over complications. Too soon.
1: Wait. Welcome into the third episode of the Ivy, as myself, Thomas, and my partner, Max, will be here with you for the next 60 minutes to dive into everything Cubs-related. If you like the Cubs, you've come to the right place, and we're extremely grateful that you took some time out of your Sunday night to join us here. Max, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing good.
1: All right, well, we'll be diving into the recent Chris Bryant comments on St. Louis, and obviously we'll be giving updates on the two biggest free agents, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Many Cubs fans are wondering why the Ricketts aren't spending money, and that will be covered as well. And then we'll wrap it all up with some talk about sabermetrics. Lastly, make sure to call into the show by calling the number 845-277-9345. That's 845-277-9345. Join us and ask a question or comment on anything Cubs-related. Also, for more of the Ivy content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com and make sure to give your host a follow on Instagram. My Instagram is at CubsNation2018. Max is at Wrigley News, And we also have a new sponsor, uh, Stubyard. Use the promo code BPN10. That's BPN10 on Stubyard for 10% off any tickets for every event. And Max, first off today, we're going to start with a mailbag. Um, If you want to Take it over to you for that i let you go with that
2: yeah so our first cu- question coming from Balin Carlton uh why did the Ricketts choose not to have a panel discussion at the Cubs convention this year um Thomas uh, I know you didn't go so you probably don't know much about it so I'll go with this one um mm-hmm. so really the Ricketts the Ricketts decided not to have a panel due to um, a lot of the financial problems, they didn't want to get questions that they were uncomfortable with. And even uh, in the Dempster show on Friday night, they looked pretty uncomfortable um, uh, talking to Dempster. And it, it seemed planned out. And so, really, if I think if they were to have one, um, they kind of would have just um, thrown off questions. So, usually someone asks them something. And if someone were to ask something about Harper, they probably would have said, like, um, something basically not an answer to the question.
1: Yeah, definitely a valid point. I saw that question. I knew you would know more than me about that. So we'll dive into our next question um, from Posey Jones on Instagram. Uh, He said, is there any plans to sign better starting pitching? And when I first saw this question, um, honestly, I don't think, and I think you would agree, and most other Cubs fans, Uh, I don't think we need a starting pitcher at this point. Um, Is there any more you want to talk about that?
2: I mean no, I fully agree with you. We have Lester Hendricks, Quintana, Darvish. I mean we have Chatwood if we need him, Montgomery if we need him and I mean Mm -hmm. really there's no reason for someone else. Hamels as well.
1: I agree. The next question is for Mr. Jones again and he said, is Brandon Morrow going to be the closer and Obviously right now he is the closer. Um so basically this question comes down to if the Cubs are going to add um a closer. Uh we've heard talks about Craig Kimbrell and that's the next question, but as for me, I don't think we we are gonna get Craig Kimbrell. Um and so I would like to think that Brandon Morrow will be the closer. How about you? Um
2: I could see us possibly going after Craig Kimbrell if the Ricketts were to give were to give uh, Theo the opportunity to pay him the money he wants but really I don't think I don't think that's a reality as of now I mean I know that he wasn't given the money for Bryce Harper and still isn't and it's still being told no so as when Brandon Mora is healthy yeah he's the closer and uh, I know a lot of people question him due to last season but that's the guy we got to rely on
1: yeah and I think that ties into the next question from Craig about Kimbrel, and I know you touched on it but for me, I just don't think that's where we are right now with money, and that's what Theo and obviously the Ricketts have uh, been showing. So um, I think, you know, I don't think we get Craig Kimbrell, but possibly. Uh, the next question is uh, two questions from Cubs Clips and Aaron, both involving Addison Russell. Uh, do you see Addison Russell staying with the Cubs down the stretch? And also, uh, what kind of role do you see Addison Russell playing, given that the Cubs just signed him for about three and a half years you know, like, for the upcoming year next?
0: um
2: I think what I heard at the convention is if Russell gets through his program well um pretty much he'll most likely be on the team and really I see him staying on the team because uh after you go through something like that I mean it depends on the player but uh I mean sometimes it happens again sometimes it doesn't and obviously we're hoping for Russell he realizes what happened and what he did and uh, hopefully we can see him on the team, and when he comes back, I mean, I mean he'll probably be hitting in the cages uh, right away once he's once he's able to, and eventually he'll probably earn the starting rollback back at shortstop. But it also it also depends who's playing second and how they're doing. I mean, we've looked at Ben Zobris. we've looked at Daniel Descalso. I mean, even Ian Happ. I mean, that's that's where we know he we started uh, started in the minors. But I mean, really it just depends on how the other guys uh, play. I believe.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, Theo was big about second chance, and I saw an article about that, um, and some of that was touched on at the convention. But at this point, I think, you know, he's still part of the team. We signed him, so we've got to hope that he's able to rebound from what happened off the field there. Um, we'll go to a couple more questions. Um, so from Dan, would you rather trade Rizzo or Bryant? And for me, um, probably be Rizzo, just because I think Bryant has the potential to still be one of you know, the best player in the league someday. Um, not that Rizzo can't, but uh, I think there's just a little bit more marketability there uh, with Chris Bryant. How about you?
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, um, Anthony Rizzo is getting getting to be older, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously um, he's 29 now. And so uh, looking at the difference between him and Bryant, I mean, yeah, Bryant was injured, but he had an MVP season. He won Rookie of the Year, uh, World Series champ, yeah. and he's a young leader. I mean, obviously, I see us never trading either, unless we unless Bryant wants either of them want to be gone, or or Bryant wants to, um, or we trade Bryant in his contract in his walk in his walk year, which I I don't see happening. He'll probably get an extension, but that's a different talk.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then the last question we'll talk about uh, from Sean. He said it's a tough division with the Cardinals getting uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Can you guys still sneak in the wild card? And I'll open that up to you first, and then I'll close it out.
0: Um, honestly,
2: I think we're going to win the division. I know that's a strong take, yeah. and I really liked I really liked the Goldschmidt addition for the Cardinals. And um, I know they've been talking extensions with that with him um obviously uh that's a good like he's good and he's really he's probably one of the best uh first baseman in the MLB if not the best so I mean him and Andrew Miller were both huge additions for the Cardinals but I mean I see it coming down to I mean that last month like it did this past year and I know we play pretty much another brutal schedule like last year towards the end of the year and I'm hoping that we have healthy players and more depth this year and um I hope we're healthy and really I think that's what it's going to come down to if um if both teams are healthy I think we're the better better team along with I mean the Brewers too I think I think we're better
1: than the Brewers yeah and uh especially you know I obviously the Cardinals made the biggest move in the division with Andrew Miller and Paul Goldsmith but Let's not forget that the Brewers are still there. And the Brewers and the Cubs were the two fighting for the division last year. So just to kind of hand that over to the Cardinals, I think, is, is wrong. And I think that overall our surrounding players around our stars, um, if we're healthy, you know, the Ben is, and even, you know, the Cardinals don't have a three-headed monster, monster with what we have in Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez and even more around them. Uh, and starting pitching-wise, too. So I definitely still like our chances.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: All right, so now we're going to head into our first topic today. Um, obviously, the last week with the Cubs convention, uh, Chris Bryan's comments on St. Louis, not only the Cardinals, but just St. Louis in general, um, at the 34th annual Cubs convention, and we'll listen to his uh, audio clip here, audio one.
0: Big Cardinals fan, so uh, wait! Oh,
1: yeah, Ooh. Yeah. He was, he was trying to work the magic on Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. Did he have the bandaid on Who or was going to play St. Louis? So boring. Yeah, so yeah. boring. Yeah, I always get asked, like, where you like to play, where you not like to play. Oh, St. Louis is on the place I don't like to play. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? The longer you play in the division, the more time you play those teams, yeah. Like,
0: Oh, gosh. You know? I remember when
1: I was getting traded, and they are like, hey, how about St. Louis? I'm like, zero chance <laughs> yes. No way. No, thank you. Not no way. Won't but even go there as a free agent. Yeah. not happening. All right. So what you heard there, during a talk with Ryan Dempster at the Cubs convention, Chris Bryant said, quote, who would want to play in St. Louis? It's so boring. So boring, Bryant said. I always get asked, like, where do you like to play? Where do you not like to play? St. Louis is up on the list where I don't like to play, end quote. And Max, to open this up for you, since you were there, what are your thoughts about this?
2: I mean, personally, um, I think that it was
1: just having fun.
2: I mean, in a rivalry, I mean, I think the Cardinals fans took away too far. Um, like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's a rivalry. You need to have fun. And you need to have competition between the players. I mean, I know a lot of the Cardinal fans respected Bryant because he's a great guy and I see that. And now they're not going to respect him because um because of an opinion against a rival, which seems pretty silly to me. I mean, there's a lot of trash talk and uh yeah. I and obviously Bryant is, isn't usually a guy to do it, but I mean, it is what it is and it's fun for the rivalry too. So, I mean, it's always fun to see. I mean, Cardinal fans can say whatever they want. It is what it is and I mean, Maybe Bryant will get hate now, but it's not something he yeah. he's going to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I, I believe it was casually throwing some fun rivalry shade at the Cardinals, and I, I believe that because of the setting in which it was said, um, you know, a fun conversation with Ryan Dempster in front of the fans at, uh, at a convention. So I don't think there was, like, ill intent there. I think it was just part of the rivalry. And we saw in the coming days then, I think a couple days ago or yesterday, Yavier uh, Molina proceeded to comment on what Bryant said um, by saying that Instagram, quote, only stupid players and losers make comments like the ones made by Bryant, end quote. And also John Brebia, I believe is how he pronounced his last name. He's a reliever for the Cardinals, tweeted, quote, Brebbia River, loser, end quote. And I think it's just gotten to a point now where it's, it's looked as like childish by the Cardinals. So um, I think it's a good, kind of like PR thing for the Cubs in a way, uh, in the division. But at this point, you know, I don't really know what else to make of it. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts on it?
2: I mean, the only other thing I see, uh, there's a lot of trash talk throughout all professional sports. I mean, we see fights in hockey all the time. I mean, in the NBA, guys are always trashing each other back and forth. And, I mean, in the MLB, there's really not, there's really not much of it. And so to see a guy like Chris Bryant, I mean, super humble guy, um, super respected by pretty much everyone. Um, I mean, it's fun to see. And I agree with you, with the setting, with what you said about the setting. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes he feels, I mean, in front of all those fans, he want he wants to make them happy and make them laugh. And I mean, maybe it is, it probably is a place that he doesn't want to play in the future, or like to play at, but I mean, throwing shade, like, come on, like, they need to they need to calm down about it. Like it's just it's just talking normal trash. So and obviously uh, um, they don't have a NBA teams. So I mean I don't. They probably pay attention to the sport, but there's a lot. A I mean a lot of trash talking there. So
1: yeah, and I I watch a ton of NBA um, in the winter. I'm a Big fan of the Timberwolves, and you see that that's kind of what sparks people's interest in the NBA, and, you know, I, it just it, it comes to a point where the MLB has to either, like, change how they're acting to something like this, and instead just, you know, chopping it up as a strong rivalry like all these other sports do, because it increases narratives and people that watch games during the regular season.
0: What's going on, guys? This is Nick from the Marlins Catch Podcast. Make sure you guys tune in to our third episode tomorrow night at 7.30 Eastern, where we will be joined by Marlins starting pitcher Dan Straley. We have a lot of questions for him, including the future of the team, so you guys definitely do not want to miss it. We will also be discussing the farm system of the Miami Marlins and potential call-ups for the season. We will also be discussing the greatest Marlins of all time, So don't forget to tune into the Marlins Catch tomorrow night at 7.30 Eastern on the Baseball Podcast Network. You really do not want to miss it.
1: All right, welcome back to the third episode of The Ivy. As we head into our second topic today, make sure to call us at 845-277-9345. That's 845-277-9345 to join us and ask a question and hear your voice on the show. But, Max, as we get into our second topic today, with the Ricketts family discussion, and about how the Ricketts you know are unwilling to open a checkbook for these free agents, uh you know what are your beginning thoughts, here, opening thoughts about this
2: I mean personally, uh I was at the Cubs convention this weekend, just came home from Chicago today, and uh really i think I think that to a lot of the fans, it seems silly. But uh the more like if you were were to put yourself into into the Rickett shoes, specifically Tom, um, it's a hard job and uh to throw two hundred seventy five million dollars at Bryce Hart I mean, we're talking about two hundred se I mean one million can buy you a beach house. I mean, really I see what he's doing. And um my thoughts are um I think that the Rickets don't want to put money towards Harper, or another big free agent like Craig Kimbrell, Manny Machado. I mean, because due to signings off uh, last off season, you Darvish, Tyler Chatwood, and Brandon Morrow. I mean, we know that Darvish and Morrow were both injured and Chatwood, he couldn't hit the strike zone. Um, and we know uh, after 2015 in that off season, he signed Jason Hayward. And really none of those deals have worked out. And so, Uh, One thing that could be a possibility is that um, Tom Ricketts along with the rest of the ownership and their family, uh, they could have cold feet about it and they could get nervous about it. I mean, and then they put more pressure on Joe. Uh, I mean, the rest of the coaching track, the the rest of the coaching staff, if they don't, um, if he doesn't end up working out with the, which the chances of that happening, I mean, they're pretty slim if, if if there at all. But, I mean, obviously anything anything is a possibility, and I don't know if you agree with that or not or what your thoughts on it, so I'll let you go.
1: Yeah, for me, it comes down to this. And like you said, with the few guys we've missed on, um, with Tyler Chatwood and, you know, Brandon Marlowe getting injured, and Darvish being injured, hopefully he's healthy, and then obviously the big one, too, Jason Hayward. Teams are allowed in professional sports to miss on a guy or two, um, especially if it's, you know, a smaller contract, not as valuable a player for how much you're paying them. But the situation the Cubs are in now, and I think I felt victim to the wrong side of it earlier in free agency in thinking that, you know, Bryce Harper to Chicago was a reality, that we could get him. But I think that, you know, when you miss on, that's four guys right there with a lot of money. Um, it, it, like Tom Rickett said, Theo Epstein, it wasn't a possibility with what the Cubs have right now. They said that at the convention. It wasn't a possibility, or at least on MSNBC, sorry.
0: <clears throat>
1: it wasn't a possibility with the money we have now. And they said, which I thought was interesting, that even if they had the money, they weren't necessarily going to go after one of those guys. And I think that says a lot about what the team has right now and what they think about their future. Because, you know, for a team that had Chris Bryant, who was injured last year, okay, and everyone, and including myself, I wrongly, you know, wanted him, you know, possibly gone, I said on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you know, come 2021. But they must have, such, like, such a lot of faith in these players, and that makes me feel good as a Cubs fan because we have our players right now. And at keeping them healthy, we know what, you know, br- the Brizzo combo and what Bias can do, as we saw last year. I mean, we won a World Series two years ago. So, for me, I'm perfectly fine with where we're at now. And at this point, it's just believing and trusting more and giving in more to the players that are on the roster now and, you know, not worrying about who's not on the roster, you know, why we don't have Bryce Harper. But that's my chance on it. What do you think about that?
2: I mean, I do see what you're saying. And uh, I can't fully come to an agreement with that because – Personally, I mean, we got real I, – I think a lot of fans, uh they don't see the point of – in 2016, we got really lucky to not have, I mean, uh many major injuries like last season. Mm-hmm. We had Darvish, Bryant, and Morrow. And arguably three of the biggest guys, I mean, our closer, possibly our number one pitcher, and an MVP. So when you lose those guys, um, you realize, like – you realize what you lost, and you see and it, and you see it. And so, part of it too, I, th- I think um, you definitely need a lot of depth. And I think I think our bullpen, I mean, that's not deep at all. You have you have three lefties. You have Brian Dunsing, who was horrible last season. I mean, I, th- mm-hmm. I think most people, I think most people can see that. I mean, his 2017 was great, but I mean. Probably a career year, probably won't see anything like it again. Uh, Mike Montgomery, who's a starter originally and wants to be a starter. And uh, if he's if he's pissed about not being able to start, he's not going to pitch good because emotions really, really tie into how you pitch. I mean, and how you play overall as well. And our last guy is Randy Rosario. And uh, he's he's one of my favorite players. And so, obviously... A lot of us are really hoping he doesn't uh, turn out to be like another Brian Dunsing where he has a great season and then comes out to be, um, it was just a fluke. And so that's that's definitely where I think um, depth guys come and they show up, especially in the World Series. I mean, if you look at the Dodgers and Red Sox roster, I mean, their bullpens, they, I mean, the Red Sox had two guys who they were paying big money, and that's Craig Kimbrell and Joe Kelly, who they've both both lost, lost this season. And obviously you can't rely on those guys throughout the whole season, but um, I definitely believe we need more depth um, throughout the whole roster, except probably starting pitching. I mean, I definitely think another bat wouldn't hurt. Um, bullpen guys definitely wouldn't hurt a lefty. So, I mean, I see the point of him not wanting to put big money towards a guy like Manny or Bryce, but I think that he could put, I mean, 15, 20 million towards, towards a bat possibly. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. And I think, okay. So I wouldn't say that, and I agree with you there and I think where we'll both agree is that the Cubs haven't had a good off season, right? I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So it's not that, Necessary. So, like, what I'm saying at this point is, in the present right now, you look at it, and I think we should have gotten Zach Britton, and we failed there. And But now at this point, like, with what's out there in the free agency, like, we just saw one of the better relievers out there left, Adam Adovino, go to the Yankees. Um, you know, there's lefties out there, but now it's, like, it's so dwindled down that I'm not saying that the Cubs were right in – uh, you know, not trying to better the team necessarily. But at this point now, I think you and I can both agree, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point it's like, now it's, you know, we have to believe in what we have because the free agency market is down. I do believe that, yes, we can add one to two bullpen lefty guys, some cheap guys at this point. Um, but the clubs didn't do a good job in making their priorities for the offseason, in my opinion, um, because I think we spent too much time uh, you know, talking about what could have been instead of what is with, you know, from every free agent on the market to like, for so the comes to be the favorite at some point, but in reality, they never were. And all of a sudden these kind of value signings, these cheaper guys, uh, you know, kind of went by the wayside and all of a sudden Zach Britton's gone and you know a lot of guys are gone, and you can't really throw money at Bryce Harper at this point just to please the fans, right?
2: Yeah, I see. What, yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. I mean, obviously, there's not there's not good guys left on the market. I mean, you have three 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 guys that could probably support a role in your bullpen who could be able to stay on the major league roster, and I mean. Those three guys, if you guys don't know, are Justin Wilson, Tony Sipp, who I'm not high on, and Xavier Sedeno, or however you pronounce his last name. But um. Yeah, it's
1: not it's not pretty.
2: Yeah, it's not pretty. I agree, but I mean, obviously, any any one of those guys right there would up the bullpen, which I mean, yeah. that really shows that really shows how how you need depth. I mean, look at Randy Rosario last year. I mean, the dude literally came out of nowhere. And he comes, and I mean, he was a spot in the bullpen for us. And I mean, his ERA, I mean, it came out to be mid threes. And really, it was it came down to a few bad outings. So if if you took out those few bad outings, I mean, he he wasn't bad. I mean, he ended up with a three sixty six ERA and forty six games, forty four games pitch, excuse me, and four point six eight FIP. So kind of shows he got lucky, but I mean, we'll take that. I mean, obviously last season wasn't pretty with the Brandon Morrow injury, and that really shows. I mean, really any guy can show up, and he can he can possibly be, I mean, a guy like Randy Rosario or Brian Dunsing in 2017. So really you never uh-huh. know, and especially especially for cheap, I mean it doesn't hurt at all.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, the last question I'll ask you in this kind of segment here with the Rickets. So if we can both agree, right, that Rizzo, Bryant, Baez will kind of be like this three-headed monster the next few years, right?
2: For for batting-wise?
1: Yeah, yeah, offensively.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, so are you comfortable then with the team's future, uh, if this team looks very similar to what it looks now in about three years, because for me, you know, like I said before, I'm always comfortable with the Brizzo combo and bias, at least offensively. And I get that you and I both agree we have some struggles with uh, some bullpen depth, but offensively, I'm comfortable with the Brizzo duo, bias. And, you know, we didn't let go of Schwarber when his trade stock and his trade value was at his lowest. They'll have you in half, um, and at this point, Jason Hayward's still on the team, so we're already paying him. Hopefully he can you know, hit 270 and produce. But for me, I think it's time to just really invest in these players, and I think it's time to stop talking about not being able to pay up for Baez and Bryant when their contracts come and trying to lock in that three-headed monster dynasty for Chicago. What do you think about that? Um, or do you see one of those three end up leaving soon? I mean,
2: I agree with you that over the next the next few years that we have them under contract for. I mean, mm-hmm. I think yeah, there'll be that three hundred headed monster on the offensive side that you were saying. I mean, yeah. Baez will most likely decline this coming season. Um, and I I mean I can't back up with there's no evidence to show that uh, he will be better unless you're going to come off facts where. Uh, he's been better from 2016 to 2017 to 2018. Um, but really, that doesn't show much. I mean, I think he'll definitely decline because Bryant will be back, and he he really filled Bryant's shoes last season. I mean, his on-base percentage was like 320s, and Bryant's is usually 380s. So it doesn't fill that role, but I can, I can see where um, they are that three-headed monster on the offense, and, and I definitely think that um, – that yeah they can they could be our future over the next 10 years but i mean that's going to come down to um are we able to po- possibly cut payroll or are we not going to sign any re-sign anyone else i mean cuz you have Kyle Hendricks that you want to that you want to pay um you have Carl Edwards i mean i don't know how much he's going to make D- kind of depends on how he pitches over these next few years i mean you possibly have Jose Quintana um John Lester even though he's getting old depends I mean we know he's declining but I mean you have a lot of guys you need to pay and really I think I think at the end of it all one of them is gonna one if not two of them will end up leaving and I think that one out is gonna end up being Javi Baez I mean Bryant has produced at an unreal level over the past few years I mean without injury and uh we know that um we know that uh, Bryant and Rizzo are probably the two best players on the team currently.
1: Yep. And to all our viewers out there, make sure uh, feel free to call in at 845-277-9345. i think to join us and hear your voice in the show um, as we'll be heading into the next section uh, just momentarily for topic three. Hi. Tune in to Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. We discuss everything New York Yankees, rumors, speculation, and anything you want to hear about the New York Yankees. We discuss the Adam Vino signing and the best bullpen in baseball. We talk about Sonny Gray and his move to Cincinnati. We talk about the Hall of Fame and Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit and their candidacy. And we talk about Nolan Arenado, his, his impending free agency, and how the Yankees will be interested. And the superstar, All this and much more on this week's episode of Pinstripe Talk, this Wednesday at 5. If you're a Yankee fan, or even a baseball fan, tune in to Pinstripe Talk. See you there. Alright, welcome back into the third episode of the Ivy. Uh, we have a new uh, sponsorship with Stubyard. Uh, use promo code BPN10. That's BPN10 uh, on Stubyard, for 10% off any tickets for every event. Uh, that includes if you're going to head down to spring training um, at Mesa, make sure to check out tickets for that. Or if you want to go to Opening Day at Wrigley against the Pirates. But Max, we're heading into our third topic of conversation today. It's a little mix and match uh, area for the next 15 minutes, um, involving uh, your your experience at the Cubs Convention and some other updates with. Harper, Machado. But first off, uh, how was the convention, Max?
2: I mean, I had a great time at the convention. Uh, Got to meet um, some some guys, got some autographs that I didn't already have. I mean, I got Quintana, Adbert and Steele, uh, who are in the minors. Uh, Got Caratini. So definitely had a good time. Um, Always fun listening to players talk, too, even though I don't do much of it usually. Uh, Got to play some solid Cubs bingo. Uh, Was one off, which sucked and so it was fun I mean probably probably comes third best out of my five years I mean 2017 definitely definitely was top but yeah it was it was a good year every year it is
1: yeah I definitely want to get down there uh for one of those but what was the what was the environment like down there um not that you know they were necessarily still disappointed about how last year ended but was there, like, a different vibe, sort of, with how abrupt the season ended? Could you feel that at all, or was it just optimistic about the upcoming year?
2: I mean, look, just, you could tell there was less people um, than usual, which, mm-hmm. which, I mean, there's still a lot, of, like, rooms are still packed, but, I mean, 2017 was to the point where, uh, like, I know some people got trampled uh, in the way into the opening ceremony a few years ago, so, Um, but yeah, the environment was definitely different this year. Um, a lot less people, uh, I mean, lines weren't as crazy. They were still pretty crazy considering you wait in a line for an hour and sometimes you don't even get a player. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it still comes out to be a lot of fun and the sessions come out to be a little crazy, but those are fun too, because you get to like ask the players, whatever question you want. And, um, especially for the kids too, I know I'm growing up pretty quick but uh I mean Kyle Schwarber walked back and uh he took pictures with all the kids, so I definitely thought that was pretty cool. Um so yeah, had a good time. Um definitely I mean you can tell when players show when players show their um, how good if they're good people or not. I mean
0: yeah, Schwarber's
2: yeah. one of those guys. Carl Edwards, he's a super good guy. I mean, he signed ten minutes after five minutes or ten minutes before and five minutes after because he had a session. So, I mean, you can you can tell. I mean, it sucks when you can't – I mean, I missed out. I was three lines back on Carl, so I got close. But, I mean, it's it's still a lot of fun. And, I mean, even just seeing the players walking around taking pictures with kids and stuff, I mean, I found that super cool.
1: Yeah, that's funny you mentioned CJ and Kyle because I've – encountered three Cubs in my life, uh, those two and Jason Hamill, but you know, Kyle Schwarber was his first week call-up uh, here in Minnesota at a target field. I went to the Cubs-Twins game and got his ball signed and talked to him for a couple minutes. He was this really cool guy, and then I actually saw C.J. Edwards um, after the Cubs parade, So and he, he talked for a little bit, so that's funny you say those two guys because, yeah, I mean, all of them, yes, they're paid to show up. It's the Cubs convention, but Um, You can really tell the guys that go deeper with it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, We have a little housekeeping to get to for the Cubs as Ian Clarkin uh, was claimed by the Cubs again from the White Sox. And I say again because uh, this was the second time this offseason that the Cubs have claimed him. And his fourth stint, yes, that's four, fourth stint on the Chicago baseball roster since November. It's not that Clarkin's a great player or anything. Um, It's just kind of a funny story that's circulating around Chicago, um, Max. What have you heard about about this kid in this story?
2: I mean, I I haven't heard much. I mean, he he was a first-round pick uh, of the Yankees in 2013. I mean, struggled in Double A, and that was kind of kind of the end of that. So, kind of just a death guy, like I was talking about earlier. I mean, probably most likely a guy you won't see. But um, there was another guy we signed too, and he uh, that's Rob Skahill, uh, formerly. Played with the White Sox last season. uh Only pitched in six games. Not sure the reason why. 2017, he pitched in 18. uh 4.43 ERA in 2017. So, I mean, not a great guy, but probably his best season was 2015 with the Pirates, 2.64 ERA. And so, just like I said earlier, another depth guy. I mean, you never know. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I know we already talked about Addison Russell before, uh, but he did sign a $3.4 million arbitration deal for the upcoming season. Uh, Do you have any other thoughts about that other than hoping that uh, he's mentally ready to go for the upcoming season and, you know, we can not forget about the past. Um, I don't want to say that, but uh, be able to push through it and uh, get over that.
2: I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, if 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 Russell gets through his program good and everything goes right, I mean, I mean we could we'll we we'll, we will see him on the roster this year if everything goes well and Theo sees that Theo and the Ricketts and Madden and I mean all the guys that come into the player development and I mean all those guys if they see that Russell um, has become a better person and has seen what he has done wrong um then yeah i think- I think he'll be on the roster, and I mean the three point four million i mean that's not a bad cho- i mean that's not that's not bad at all because no. um even if we don't end up uh if things don't work out with him, which i I see things working out with him um it's only three point four million dollars i mean obviously a lot of people are gonna say, yeah, uh, like Ricketts are saying we're broke but Three point four million dollars. I mean, I'd love to have three point four million dollars in my in my pocket right now, but I mean, it's it's really comes down to low risk, high reward.
1: So, and I think that if he can come back and be ready to play, um like Theo said, they're ready. They're ready to give him a second chance. and they're already halfway there with signing him. So yeah, Ben, oh, go ahead.
2: So what I was going to finish up with is. Um, so in 2016, he he had the best season of his career, Addison Russell, and um, I definitely think that uh, 2017 and 2018 both he was he was going through things with uh, all the different all the different mm-hmm. wives and his kids, and um, that's unfortunate and it sucks. Um, obviously, I mean I don't know what that's like going through. And um, I know everyone's situation is different. So if he can get his head into baseball throughout the season, I mean, I definitely think that uh, he could be who he was in 2016. And, I mean, he could be our starting shortstop next season. I mean, it just comes down to the fact, uh, can he figure everything out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so then we'll get into Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. As of right now, the Phillies are still the betting favorites for Manny Machado. And the Nationals are actually the favorite to keep Harper in DC, uh, with the Phillies right behind the Nationals for Harper. So it makes you think that uh, Philadelphia is getting at least one of the two stars. Um, you know, what, what's your stance on that? I know I saw something that said uh, the Phillies uh, Phillies management wants to have a three-headed monster with uh, it was Machado, uh, Craig Kimbrell, and then one other. One other player. Dallas was Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel, yeah. Um, so, I mean, being that they're in the NL, uh, definitely a team to watch because, you know, I remember back when, the, obviously I was young, but, you know, Chase Utley and Ryan Howard, and, uh, you know, they, they were a good Red team. Holiday, so, yeah, yeah. Ryan Holiday, yeah. Cole holiday, but, Yeah, so, I mean, what, do you, what are you thinking about the Phillies? uh or you know, your stance on the Cubs opening up about how Harper never really was was like realistic and how Chris Bryant kind of put that and said he's not coming here. Uh what's your thoughts on all that? I mean I think I think most people that are
2: Cubs fans, I mean even MLB fans, um, they'd be happy to see Bryce Harper on their team. Um but I think a lot of us denied the fact that um after about a few weeks through we realized like this isn't a possibility. I mean let alone we couldn't even make depth signings even like even a second baseman like Jed Lowry or shortstop like Troy Tulowitzki who who got paid nothing and I mean that came to his choice but um yeah I mean it's unfortunate. I mean it sucks. I mean 2 years, 2 to 3 years of uh saying we wanted Harper and we were going to get Harper and we were the favorites uh it's hard to see, but yeah. it is what it is. We've got to focus on the players we have now and uh, just mm-hmm. hope that they stay healthy. And so about Machado, um, so you said uh, you believe that the Phillies were the favorite for Machado, but personally, I believe that the White Sox are. And so, yeah. uh, so I mean, obviously, everyone has different opinions, but something was tweeted uh, earlier this morning uh, of Manny Machado wearing a White Sox hat. Um it might be nothing. It might be something. Uh, but I also started following Tim Anderson and Nicky De, uh, Delmonico, an outfielder of uh, the White Sox, um, on Twitter. So it's interesting. Um, it's something to look at because there's not much else. There's yeah. not much else uh, in the MLB right now to look at. So I mean, it's 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 something. I mean, I mean my guess at the end would be that Manny Machado, if he wants to be with uh, some of his friends, and um, then, yeah, he'll come to the White Sox. And I think at the end, uh, they'll probably offer about them, the White Sox and Phillies will probably be pretty close uh, with, money-wise for Machado. So, I mean, if the Phillies get end up getting Manny, I mean, it'd be interesting because then they most likely don't get Harper. So I mean, then that leaves uh, Yankees who are most likely eliminated. Um, White Sox, uh, Nationals. Nationals would prop. I mean, probably be the favorite, but it's something to look at. I mean, it's it might be nothing, might be something. You never know.
1: Yeah, I think you know. I I definitely think it's something, especially at a time of not a lot going on with the social media stuff, but. At the same time, you know, we saw Bryce Harper liking jersey swaps for from, from him to the Cubs, you know, back a few months ago. Um, and just kind of how that can get you into a trap, sort of. Not that I think it's wrong because, honestly, it usually does pan out that way sometimes. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would just say that he would rather go to the Phillies because Manny Machado, that is, just because – He's been on a bad team, you know, for a while now, and not that. And obviously, Baltimore is a lot different from Chicago, um, and that, you know, also that Manny Machado will be joining Jose Abreu, and maybe they could make some sort of dynasty there. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think. I, I just think he'd rather go to a team that's going to win, um, and that's why I would say it would be Philadelphia. And then obviously we know also the Yankees signed not only Troy Tulowitzki but also DJ LeMayhew, Uh to a kind of surprising two-year, $24 million deal. So they're probably out on Machado as well. Uh, do you have anything else to add on to that before we get into the next topic, next?
2: I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, there's not much to not agree with. And uh, um, I definitely think that it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. And um, I think that uh, – yeah, we'll see what happens, and uh, this will lead us to topic number four after this ad.
0: What's going on, guys? This is Nick from the Marlins Catch Podcast. Make sure you guys tune in into our third episode tomorrow night at seven thirty Eastern, where we will be joined by Marlins starting pitcher Dan Straley. We have a lot of questions for him, including the future of the team. So you guys definitely do not want to miss it. We will also be discussing the farm system of the Miami Marlins and potential call ups for the season. We will also be discussing the greatest Marlins of all time, so don't forget to tune into the Marlins Catch tomorrow night at 7.30 Eastern on the Baseball Podcast Network. You really do not want to miss it.
1: All right, welcome back into the third episode of the Ivy. Uh, Make sure if you have any last questions or any comments to call in at 845-277-9345 to join us on the show. And also give your host a follow on Instagram. At CubsNation2018 is mine. Max is at Rigley News. And so, Max, the fourth topic, we have a new segment. It's inside the numbers. Um, each week, hopefully, we'll be uh, doing a different stat. Um, but today is WOBA, and this is weighted on base average. Um, basically, the definition, MLB rule, or not rule, but MLB definition of it, is how a player reaches a base instead of just, you know, if they got on base. So it's not just on base percentage, but... It's assigning a value to each event um, in terms of its impact on scoring runs. Um, so, obviously, you know, a double is more than a single, and a home run is more than a double. So, Max, um, you know, why do you it, – well was something you like to look at uh, to evaluate a player's rating? Uh, because, for me, I do love to look at it. Um, and I think it's one of the more commonly known sabermetric stats used out there. Um, but, you know, go ahead and talk about it.
2: I mean, yeah, this is definitely this is definitely one of the stats I like to look at um because uh it shows value and um a lot of the normal stats that people base players off of um average um which is probably one of the most overrated stats in the MLB uh, as well as runs batted in. Um homers isn't a great one to look at, but uh you still have to hit the ball over the fence no matter what. And so uh but i think i think this is definitely one to look at um i know a lot of people don't know um much about um uh advanced metrics like woba and so that's kind of why we decided to do to do this topic and uh pretty much um this is definitely one i uh like to look at and um as of a few seasons ago um pretty much here's the ratings for it um excellent is 0.400 great is 0.370 above average is 0.340 average is 0.320 below average is 0.310 poor is 0.300 and awful is 0.290 so i mean it pretty much it pretty much shows you um um how it basically it gets more in depth with players and uh obviously those stats might be different now i mean i know that some players are getting up to 430s and it says on here excellence 400 so i mean could be different now i mean probably is so it's it's definitely a stat i i enjoy to look at and uh there's a lot of others too that we'll get to and but i definitely think this is one of them
1: yeah and i don't know if you touched on rbi um did you
2: runs bad in at, at all
1: yeah
0: uh, I did I did say that um,
2: runs batted in are definitely one of the most overrated stats in the MLB now.
1: Yeah, and I, I was going to say that, too, because we probably said it, but um, just the fact that if you're hitting in the three or the cleanup spot, uh, you're most likely going to have a lot more runs batted in because, you know, the leadoff guy is supposed to get on base a whole lot more. Um, so definitely woba is a stat I like to look at. Um, And one flaw I found in it, though, um, which I honestly didn't even think about until looking at the stat more online, but one flaw is that I noticed it's not as friendly to speedier players um, because if a player hits a lot of singles and gets on base and then is able to frequently steal second base, so theoretically it's it's a double, um, they're not given the credit for that. So I think there are a a couple flaws in it. but what do you think about that? Do you do you think it's a that's a valid flaw for Woba?
2: Um Yeah, I do. Uh there's a lot of flaws. Not a lot, but I mean every stat has its flaws. And uh overall it kinda um it kinda comes down to the fact of um not every stat is perfect. I mean, and some fans are more in depth with baseball and some aren't. I mean so that's kind of the point of the segment and to mention that, so the five highest Wobas this past season, so Mookie Betts, outfielder for the Red Sox, if you don't know him, which you most likely do, uh point four four nine. And what I said earlier was excellent was four hundred. So this is probably this is probably pretty old. Um second best, Mike Trout at point four four seven. Uh still really good, obviously uh JD Martinez DH for the Red Sox uh 0. .427 Christian Yelich .422 and Alex Bregman 0. .396 so um those are the highest players uh it shows you how much I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of space in between those once you get past uh Mookie and Trout um so really it shows you it shows you how it doesn't necessarily show that a player is good but I mean those were five of the guys that were the best in the net in the whole MLB this season. So um sometimes there's flaws and but really looking at these five players, I mean they were the five five of the best um offensive players in the MLB. Um and the Cubs highest ranked uh player last season was Javi Baez, uh probably the best player last year, as you guys most likely realized, at twenty fifth with a roll of point three six six. Um, Also, to show you guys an example, uh, it might be kind of hard to understand, but pretty much in 2013, Mike Trout had 100 unintentional walks, 9 hit-by-pitches, 115 singles, 39 doubles, 9 triples, and 27 homers. If you multiply each by its corresponding weight and then divide that number by the sum of his at-bats, which pretty much comes down to um, a complicated formula, so I mean... If you want to get to know that formula, I'm sure you could search it up and find it and, uh, um, contact one of us if you want it. I'm sure we can get it for you. Um, but pretty much it comes down to that, that formula, um, as well as walks. Um, that's not counting intentional walks, uh, hit by pitches, sacrifice flies, and he, he ended up with a 423 well by that season. So, I mean, it's, it's a hard stat to understand, um. Most of the sabermetrics are, and so uh, we're hoping this kind of helped you, um, Thomas. Anything you want to add on?
1: Uh, yeah, the one other thing I'd like to add on would be that it doesn't necessarily account for the environment or stadium that the games played in as well, um, because obviously, feels like you know Coors Field with the Rockies and Camden Yards with the Orioles, um, two very friendly hitting parks, and those parks and those teams will usually house players with better Wobas. Not that it's like, you know, the top 20 players in Woba are at those stadiums, but the fact that, you know, we can still see Mookie Betts and Mike Trout, JD Martinez Martinez, and Christian Yellich atop those rankings, it's not a huge concern or a big flaw. Um, you know, I, I think it's definitely a flaw there. And, to wrap up, you know, the next few minutes, I'd like to talk about some of the top prospects. Uh, Max, you want to do that?
0: Yeah. So um,
2: probably a top of the few that uh, that probably my top three as of now. Uh, Miguel Amaya, obviously. Uh, you guys, most of you guys probably saw uh, how good he was in the Cubs' minors last season. Um, uh, catcher uh he should most likely be up in uh two one probably won't be up next year, but two years uh edbert azulia uh definitely a guy like uh um injuries hurt him last season um which was really unfortunate he was really really good in two thousand in two thousand seventeen and uh to touch on him a little bit um he He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. I met him at the convention. Um, So, a few of his stats for you. Um, So, in 2007... Adbert Elzulia. Okay. Sorry about that. So, in 2017, with two teams, uh, 2.99 ERA in 22 games, um, 114 114 and the third innings pitched, um, uh, only gave up Eight omers, all all in Myrtle Beach. Um so I mean, we're really hoping he can bounce back. I mean, tough year last year in Triple A, four point seven six year A um came out to a one hundred forty one whip, uh pretty high looking at the rest of his career. Um so we're hoping uh he's healthy and uh most likely he will be as long as uh he sticks to the program he's on right now, uh working out every day in Mesa and uh hopefully eventually we'll see him um in the majors within these within most likely next year um so i mean obviously there's not much room in the pitching staff as of now um but you never know i mean a player goes down on the major league roster and you always want to have depth anything you want to add on him
1: um not necessarily on him i definitely like him my top 3 i'd have to agree with you with uh, amaya um I also really like Nico Horner. I don't know if you mentioned him or not, um, but second baseman, I, I think we should see him in a couple of years, um, maybe possibly next year at the end for call-ups, uh, just because of how much he's already progressed. And, um, you know, let's see here, 49 at-bats. He's hit with a uh, four-fifty on base and a 1.021. Uh, OPS, so I think he's really progressed well. I'm also looking to hopefully get him on the pod um, in a few weeks. That's still a very maybe, uh, but definitely like uh, Amaya, I think he could be uh, a catching solution for the Cubs if uh, we might have to part ways at some time with uh, at some point with Wilson Contreras. I think you'd agree with me there. Um, yeah. And then Nico, especially with uh, second base, you know, we lost Murphy. We brought him to Um, uh, but with Ben Zobris kind of looming out there. Uh,
2: shortstop as probably, well for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's also what leads me into Aramis Aidman, I believe, which I was previous, or pronounced. Adaman. Adaman,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: I really like him too uh, at shortstop. I think we see him in a couple years. I think we see both him and Nico come up and kind of compete for that uh, middle infield to go along with Javi Baez potentially someday. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my take on it. Do you have anything else to add?
2: I mean, uh, I I meant to mention Nico earlier. I mean, that's definitely a guy like uh, we drafted him last season. And um, he's definitely uh, – he looks like he's going to be a guy who will hopefully pan out. Um, in South Bend, he had a 471 on base – Uh, only 15 at bats um only ended up with 49 last year but I mean like this dude could be the real deal and he could possibly be the solution in two years for five years after that with uh in the shortstop position and uh like Aramis Adamant too like you said um he could be a solution as well I mean maybe he learns to play second base or Nico does I mean um, yeah. it's a good problem to have, and uh, even looking at our roster now, there's a lot of guys, too, that are crowded, and um, maybe, hopefully that's a good problem that we have in the future as well, because, I mean, that means we're pro- most likely going to be a good team.
1: Yeah, so, with that, Max, it's going to wrap up our, second ep- or our third episode of the Ivy Podcast here on January 20th, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week on January 27th for our fourth episode. A specific time will be to be determined but like I said last week uh, there's about a 95% chance it will again be at 8 o'clock central time and then make sure you also go check out our new sponsor um, use PN10 on Stubyard for 10% off any tickets for every event you know if you're going to spring training make sure to check them out you want to go to opening day against the Pirates you know division game we'll need you there so uh, make sure you check that out on Stubyard and as always go Cubs go and we'll see you next week
0: losing you over complications,
1: Go too soon. The Ivy is produced by Benson Fector. The Ivy is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram, Thomas, at CubsNation2018, and Max, at Wrigley News. For more of the Ivy content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all their social media platforms. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Ivy. We'll see you next week.